All right, let's just dive right into this. It is Friday, September 25th, 2020. You know it. This is Underdogs, your daily Blue Jays podcast. I am David Patrick Fleming. He is Jacob Eman. Jacob, they took away their home. They were the vagabond Blue Jays for the first third of the season playing as the home team in other people's parks. They lost their best player, Bo Bichette, for 27 games. They were playing their home games in a triple-A ball field in Buffalo. And yet the 2020 Toronto Blue Jays are now officially headed to the playoffs. Fuck yes. How hype are you right now? I am so hyped, man. I didn't get to watch it last night. I mean, I knew that they won. I was at work and I just watched the game this morning. I just watched the celebration. You told me about the Caleb Joseph post-game uh, three stars war rally cry that he that he was giving to the players. And I, I am excited, man. I mean, this season feels in a way like it's happened so fast. And obviously that's true because it's a shorter season than any other baseball season that we've ever experienced. But the ups and the downs, the hope and the doubt and the, the joy and the rage and the uncertainty and the blunders and magical moments that this team has had, there's no more doubt, there's no more speculation, there's no more guessing. We're getting at least two playoff games in 2020. I'm so fucking pumped about that. Two is all we'll need. Yeah. After... <laughs> I was thinking that because you watch Ryu last night. He's so dominant. It was the first time that a Blue Jays starter has gone into the seventh inning. Yep. Pitches seven innings, throws exactly 100 pitches, shoves it up the Yankees' ass, and then you think to yourself in a three-game series, if you can take the first game, massive. Oh, yeah. And I like our chances at taking the first game against anybody in the American League. Bring it. Are you afraid of Blake Snell? I ain't afraid of Blake Snell. Hell no. Left-hander, boom, we got mashers guess the, from the right. You put Blake Snell on the mound, and guess who DH is? Alejandro Kirk. Oh, yeah. Man, and, and there's nothing about home, home field advantage, really, other than they get to bat in the bottom of the ninth, which, yes, is an advantage. I don't give a damn about going into Tropicana Field, although... Blue Jays still have an outside chance of uh, moving past the Yankees for second in the East. A lot would have to have to go wrong. I don't know how much you want to sacrifice to try to do that. It really is going to depend on um, if the Yankees can win. But as of right now, it looks like we're playing the race. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Yankees go up against Miami. We're going up against Buffalo. I mean, it, it get, things get... You mean Baltimore? Get, Baltimore, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, close enough well things get interesting if we do a sweep of baltimore that's for sure yeah absolutely it's just for me it's let's say the yankees lose and the yankees are losing are you burning your big bullpen arms to try to win these last three games i don't think so i, I don't know i just i don't know what it is about the tampa bay rays maybe it's because they don't have any huge stars they don't have like an ace that terrifies me in the same way that i am of garrett cole or you know bieber you know snell just doesn't quite do it for me morton hasn't been amazing this season he's been he's been pretty average um you know glass young and inexperienced 
Uh, they just don't, they don't scare me at all. So I, I feel just as good going up against them as I do anybody else. I also think that it's been really beneficial for the Blue Jays to have two Garrett Cole starts in these last, you know, couple weeks of the season to go up against you know, one of the best pitchers in baseball. And then after that, who's scaring you on the Rays? I think the thing that's the scariest thing about the Rays is just the like uniformity, the like the non-threatening nature of them, how good each each one of those guys is and the collective that they make up and how good they are without having stars is might is might actually be the the scariest thing that you have to watch out for with them. Yeah, they're going to beat you as a unit if they beat you. It's not uh, it's not necessarily like a team like the Yankees that can have just some of their bats go off and they'll just bludgeon you with no, the No, it's sticks. relievers that come out of the bullpen that you've never heard of that shove it right up your nether regions. Another big news uh, yesterday before the game, expected news, big nonetheless. Uh, before the game last night, Nate Pearson was activated and he is going to be available out of the bullpen. So I would imagine we see him, I don't know, tonight, at least this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what kind of role they're going to put him in, but I can imagine that if he's only throwing an inning, you're going to see that radar gun start to fly. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I want to. I want to. I want to see triple digits regularly. They uh, there was an article. I think it was uh, Arden's Welling article on Sportsnet that was talking about Nate Pearson's the last time that he came out of the out of the bullpen, and it was in the Arizona Fall League, and he hit 104, and Pete Alonso smoked it out of the yard. <laughs> Uh, but he hit 103 multiple times he was kind of sitting at 101 so I don't know where his arm is at right now I don't know how comfortable that he'll be in his first stint back but you would imagine that if he he's looking good and then has another outing and in the playoffs he's really going to get it up there yeah I feel like we need and it's so it's so crazy how quickly we can turn on guys <laughs> and how co- oh, yeah. like collectively we turn on guys and i'm like looking at twitter and like people outside of blue jays fans like talking about which pitchers they'd rather and like you know sixto sanchez and all just like chris paddock all of these guys would you rather chris paddock or or, or nate pearson and there's like a poll and people are like chris paddock chris paddock and chris paddock hasn't even been good but all of a sudden nate pearson's like he's just he's just a guy he's he's not he's not the this the super uh, tantalizing uh, Cy Young future 10-year ace that, that we all kind of expected to happen right away. But all of that is still in there. Nothing has changed. He just... He's he, a weapon. He's he's a weapon, and who knows what his arm was like going into this season, whether or not the, the issue that he had was already, you know, bubbling under the surface when he, when he started. I don't know. The... Uh, the- Immediately after Dolis uh, strikes out, I think it was Aaron Hicks, he struck out to, to end the game. The celebration on the field, I was kind of curious as to what kind of celebration there was going to be. I hadn't really witnessed the other teams who had clinched celebrate on the field, so I didn't really know. But when I was watching it, it really struck me the, the joy that this team has. I think part of it mm-hmm. comes from youth. I think part of it comes from have the fact that a lot of them kind of came up together. The chemistry on this team at this moment seems like it is gelling and it, that it's, it's hit a new level. And it's hard for me not to think that a, a, that a big piece of the chemistry that we're witnessing right now is not the arrival of Alejandro Kirk on this team and him being 
successful. They just seem to pull for that guy, love that guy. And, you know, last night he hits a massive double off Adam Ottavino. And the chemistry right now, I mean, there's a lot of fun teams in Major League Baseball right now, but I'm, I'm putting the Blue Jays right up there. Oh, yeah. It, it, the, I was most excited to watch the celebration out of anything last night once once i kind of had the feeling that we were gonna win and just i'm there like glued to the screen i'm just trying to get as much information who's the closest friends who who is it kind of awkward you know i just love there's like 60 dudes just like going around kind of like choosing are we hugging are we doing a a fist bump are we doing a a little tap hug or is it a full-on hug um one of the most surprising relationships that i that really stood out to me was the friendship of Vladimir Guerrero and Hunjin Ryu. They look like they they look so connected and like they clearly are really close. They have first of all, when Ryu went out of the game after he finished in the seventh, he's kind of going along doing fist bumps. And then him and Vladdy see each other. They have this huge like facial reaction and then they're kind of like laughing at something. they they have a hug in the dugout or or something uh close already then. And then when they see each other in the postgame celebration it, it, it's like I've never seen Ryu like that. Like they clearly have some sort of huge. Like they make each other laugh. They 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 seem like they're close buddies, and that just makes me feel so excited that our best pitcher and our biggest prospect get along like that. It's always so satisfying because you see a guy like Ryu pitching, and he he doesn't really change his demeanor at any point. <laughs> he he's just very even keeled. Doesn't seem rattled. Who knows what's going on inside of him? It's just the way he comes across. So then when you see these. Uh, big expressions of emotion and joy and play and having fun. It's so satisfying. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And the Caleb Joseph speech is just... That's the stuff of legends. Yeah. it's uh, If anybody uh, wants to see it, it is up on Sportsnet. It's really hard to hear what he's saying, but he's doing his three stars of the game. I know that the second star was the coaching staff. I think the third star was like every player on the field. Uh, it's hard to hear what the first one is, but it's really like he's rallying the troops. And uh, they ha- kind of have a little like clap and holler after every star. It's very unison. It's really nice to watch. Yeah. And just knowing that that's who he is and like to to even have become like that in your life, I just think about like what kind of a life you must have to be that outgoing, to be the person who is going to be a leader of a team that is going to like, he's like a wrestler, the way he's like going around doing the speech, like pointing in the ground and like shouting. This is a guy who was DFA'd by the team two weeks ago. And, you know, he's played three games this, this season. And yet he brings every part of him into, to the team and trying to, and I think about guys who, you know, maybe haven't played all that much or maybe who are not on the postseason roster now who see this guy and say, I don't necessarily have to be a superstar. I don't necessarily have to play every day. Like, you know, you see Jonathan Davis. I'm like, how how excited does he feel about this right now? He's just got here. He's played a couple of games. But then when you have someone like Caleb Joseph that just creates this, this unity that, that maybe makes people think less about themselves and more about the team, I think is such a hugely valuable thing to learn, and especially for these young guys. Yeah, it was a really, it felt like a really kind of privileged moment to be able to witness what that even is like. Because you hear those stories, you hear he does that, but you yeah. really have a sense of what it is. Yeah. And for him to do it right on the field and for you to see it and to see the attention 
that he actually gets from the players. Because in my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're just telling that story. When you're doing that, there's probably players eye-rolling you or not really wanting mm-hmm. to be involved. But everyone's locked in. Everyone's staring at him. There's, there's, no, not, totally. there's, not, there's no movement in the group. The only one moving is Caleb Joseph. They show Charlie Montoyo as well, just like with a shit-eating grin on his face, just really enjoying it. Uh, so, yeah, anybody, check it out. We were saying last week, this week, I can't remember about what, what it would be like. Because, I mean, there was different versions of the Blue Jays going into the playoffs where they kind of limped in backwards and were under 500 and because they had just gotten shelled by the Yankees and and the feeling that that would have had. Like the celebration on the field would have been worse, you know, if they had a clinched and didn't even win the game or, you know, they like just go into the playoffs with no momentum whatsoever. I find this such a satisfying way for the Blue Jays to go into the playoffs. And I know they have three games in Baltimore this weekend and they could lose all three. I highly doubt that will happen. And I I don't even really care that much if that happens. They're going to be at least a 500 team going into the playoffs. And the way that they bounced back from getting their asses handed to them by the Yankees this week says a lot to me. Yeah. We, we won that series against the Yankees. Yeah. We won another series. You know, uh, beyond those, beyond those those bad series with the Yankees, and then the Phillies that we lost before that, it was what nine series in a row that we had either won or tied. The majority of this season, we've been winning series. We've been playing winning baseball. This is, this is this is not a bad team, you know. And everyone was quick to jump on the, you know, the run differential and everything like that. I'm sure we quickly even that up a bit with that thumping that we did of of the Yankees the other day, right? You think we've been too hard on the Blue Jays this year? Well, what else are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> we could have been the beacons of hope. We could have been the beacons of positivity, the light at the end of the tunnel for the season. It's hard it's hard to know. You just get you get it you get immersed in the day-to-day, the play-by-play. You don't like the the bigger picture sort of fades a little bit and you're just witnessing the games and they have been very frustrating at times this season. But here here we are. Playoffs, yeah. baby. And we can't be anything other than who we are, what we are. We're doing a daily show. Yeah, we've and been, we're shitty been, people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sports brings out the best and the worst in everybody, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we 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 uh, openly bring all of that to the to the table every single day. And we're we've we've covered. I mean, it would be really interesting, I think, to kind of go back and listen to, because um, we started the show before the season started. We've done a show almost every single weekday of this season. We've been like beat reporters covering the Blue Jays this season to probably to to some extent more than the beat reporters are that that write like I don't know a thousand words every other day or i guess some of them do it every day but i don't think so like we've we've really been tapped into the journey this season i feel like we've been a part of it in some ways um and yeah we've we've been horrible horrible people to some of the blue jays and we've but we've also you know we do it because we wouldn't be doing a show every day where we're not getting paid a salary to do it you know, there's nothing in it for us other than that we love baseball. The sound we of love... our voice. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, we we have we have learned to get over the hate of the sound of our voice. Oh yeah. By man. doing I remember this, we first know? started doing this. I couldn't even listen to the, oh. the episodes back. I had to like take a knee. Yeah. Same. <clears throat> I imagine having to edit it every day. I'm like, oh my god, what? Why do I sound like that? 
<laughs> is this is this what people have to deal with every day listening to me talk? I'm just going to become even more quiet in my life than I normally am. Just fade away. And in my mind, I feel like the voice that's coming out of me, I'm like, oh, I'm George Clooney, basically. And then I hear the voice on the actual recording. I sound like I'm playing like a fucking duck in a kid's movie. Um, <laughs> so anybody out there who's like, are they going to do the game diary or not? Because I'm sick of listening to this shit. Well, there's no game diary today, everybody. You're going to have to deal with that. We are not yeah. doing a game diary today. No game diary. I will take responsibility for that. And and David did give me a pass. It was sort of his idea, actually, that I not do it. Because, um, well, everybody, it is my girlfriend Brittany's birthday today. She turns 30 years old. So it's a, it's a, it's a landmark uh, birthday for her. And, you know... Doing this podcast and just being a fan of the Blue Jays, I'm sure that some of you uh, obsessive Blue Jays fans out there listening to this can understand that being a fan of a of a of a experience of a team sport like baseball of Blue Jays, where they play four hour games every single night, you know, and you insist that you have to watch that, it takes a toll on your relationships. It takes a toll on your life. You know, every night, especially when we've been in quarantine, basically, or not socializing. Brittany can't necessarily just leave the house every night so that I can watch baseball. We live in a one-bedroom apartment. I pretty much take over this apartment with baseball. I do this podcast in the morning in our living room. She can't. Then I spend, you know, a couple of hours editing the show every day. And by the time I finish editing the show, putting it up, it's like it's like three o'clock, and we've got like two to three hours of my life um, before I have to start watching baseball again. So um, we, I just decided that I would not do a game diary because that's the, the the biggest thing of the editing time, so that I can finish editing the show a bit quicker, get it up, and we can kind of get on with uh, celebrating. Brittany's birthday. So happy birthday to Brittany. Yeah. Happy birthday, Brittany. Happy 30th birthday. That is a landmark <clears throat> birthday. It feels like maybe one of the more significant birthdays because I feel like after 30, it's just like, ah, it's just old now. Yeah. Th 30 feels like you really dip your feet into what it feels like to be getting older. Yeah. Just like now I'm, now I'm going to, the next big thing is like dying. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to start really slowly rotting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, great. So Brittany's birthday, so we can still talk about the game. We don't have to do it with music. We don't have to do it in a, in a silly, immature way. Um, what do you, what do you want to do, Jacob? Do you want to, do you want to <laughs> chat about the game? You want to make up our own three stars? Do you want I just got a, I just got a tweet from a fan saying we need a thirsty Friday pod. Jay's clinched baby bourbon and skier. <laughs> I, 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 I wish we had some champagne. You know, we could we could pop a little bubbly. Drinking bourbon right now uh, doesn't sound. Uh, yeah, no, that man. fucked me yesterday. Oh, that me really too. Fucked me yesterday. Like I was at work, I was out of it, and uh, you know the toll that a thirsty Thursday can take on you. And you know, to be fair, the shots are getting bigger and bigger every time we do it. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's a lot. 
Yeah. But, uh, but just to say to whoever <laughs> wrote that, um, bourbon and yogurt is a horrendous combination. And Jacob, you can say whatever you want about my uh, takes on food. You have to admit that's a disgusting combination. Yeah, I, I will definitely agree with that. I think maybe there's a version of some sort of yogurt that has like a um, a caramel bourbon kind of like inspiration or like a cake that that, that used um <laughs> bourbon and and yogurt as like a cheesecake uh, a skier cake or something that has bourbon notes or something i don't know i don't think there's a way to make it work yeah it's the consistency for me it's not even just the fact that it, it's not even the flavor profile it's just you're drinking bourbon and then you're eating mush you know it's yeah just like it's like, <laughs> um, do you like white russians Fuck no. I don't oh. like drink milk. You know, last time I had cow's milk, I was probably 18 years old. Oh, man. White Russian's real good. Oh, my God. I hadn't had one in a long time, but then my downstairs neighbor, I think he watched The Big Lebowski again, and it was one of his favorite drinks. Shout out to Peter downstairs. He brought out, uh, I was out on the patio, and he was like, do you want a white Russian? I was like, fuck yeah, I do. I had one. I was like, this is actually surprisingly amazing. It tastes like a milkshake. If I'm drinking something, I want to drink something that I can have 10 of. And I don't even think I could have one white Russian. There's so much milk in your system. That's the thing you're going to regret the next day. You're like, why? Why did I drink two liters of milk? Well, it actually, you know, for for some people, you know, I myself included, I have one of those. And I'm like, okay, I can have one more. And you actually kind of curb your drinking because you actually can't handle any more. Like, oh, I'm too full. I feel like I'm going to shit myself from all this milk. That sounds awful. Yeah, but then you don't drink as much. And you don't, you don't, uh, you know, dip dip further into your alcoholism. I'm going to force myself to have diarrhea just so that I don't (laughs) drink too much. All right, Jacob, we're just going to do a little uh, makeshift three stars. We're going to, we're going to take uh, the reins from Caleb Joseph, and we're going to do our own three stars. Everybody, you will never know when you're going to experience this again. Hold your friends close. You might never experience this again in your life. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, here we go. All righty. I will do the first one. I'm just going to think about this. I'm going to go back over the game. There's a couple choices you could do. There's a couple obvious. I think that if we're just doing individual players and we're not doing the Caleb Joseph thing, where it's like everybody wins, everybody gets a car. I think we should do individual players. They all got to be Jays. I have the three in my mind that I'm going to do, but it's just about who am I going to choose first? Step up to the podium, the Prince, Vladdy G. Junior. Okay, okay. Wait, this was your number one star? star? My number one star. That's what I'm going to do. And I know. I know the other options. I am very aware of the other options, but I am giving it to him because of this turnaround that he has made late in the season at the exact right time that we need him to be the savior and 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 another moment that doesn't show up on the stat sheet is um on the alejandro kirk double and he scores from second the way he dove into home plate just let me know that he is fucking here (laughs) and he is willing to sacrifice himself for this team and he's looking good man and i don't just mean at the plate i mean he looks like he's dropped at least 25 pounds over this uh over this season. He looks yes. more athletic in the box. He looks leaner in the face. And he's just, uh, he had three hits last night. They were all over 100 miles an hour. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I wrote few notes 
last night, but one of the things that I did remark on was his dive into home and the speed with which he was sprinting in. At the beginning of this season, he would have been out by like the, the catcher would have been there catching it, waiting for him in position to just like run chest to chest into him. Yeah, there, there would have been, been enough time between him getting tagged that you could have heard Buck say, Mash an ill-advised play. And then he yes. just would have been tagged out right in the chest. Yeah, no, Vlad looks amazing. Brittany, uh, birthday girl Brittany even remarked on it last night. We were watching the game. She was like, he's lost a lot of weight. He looks he looks amazing. I, I mean, it, all of the weight is still in his butt. His butt is huge. And I'm like, that's where the power is, baby. Yeah, totally. That's where the power is. He looks, he, he does look incredible. Uh, and it, it, <laughs> to feel him getting this hot right now or starting to heat up, you know, it, it just feels like everything's kind of coming into place. It's like the 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 lunar cycle. There's like some sort of blue moon event, something that happens. I don't know. It's perfect. It's it's all lining up. It's all coming up, Vladdy. My first star, though, I've got to go to Hanjin Ryu. Yeah, of course. That dude was awesome last night. You know, every Blue Jays fan out there is like, we should be able to clinch. Hopefully, we get to clinch tonight. We've got the the guy that we paid. He's the he's supposed to be our best guy, but our our Canadian kind of like self doubt is there, and and knowing that that the Blue Jays have you know not been the best team all season, and the Yankees have you know hit us hard, and if they're gonna hit us hard, it, they'll, they'll they'll do it when it hurts the most and just mangle Ryu. Um, but that didn't happen at all. Ryu went out there and absolutely dominated um seven innings the first time that a blue jays pitcher went seven innings this this season which is frankly just unbelievable but i guess it speaks not necessarily just to the blue jays and their team and their pitching staff but also just to the the, the a sign of the times and and a sign of this season um it wasn't, I, I will say, uh, contrary to what you may have heard from Buck Martinez, it wasn't the first time a Blue Jay pitcher threw 100 pitchers pitches. I know that Buck said that twice. That was the first time uh, Blue Jays pitchers got into the seventh inning. The first time he threw 100 pitches. But it, that wasn't um, the first time. Hunjin Ryu's last outing had already thrown 100 pitches. I believe he threw but, 99 last night. I thought it was uh, Walker that went over 100 but uh, it, it, that may have been the case. I know that it wasn't the first time for sure that a pitcher threw a hundred and that's what, that's what, uh, yeah. To, th- to throw your best game of the year in the biggest game of the year in a chance to clinch when you are the veteran on this team in front of all these younger kids, you've been to the play playoffs before you've been to the world series before just such a great, such a great dominant composed outing. It, he just mm-hmm. seems like he is tailor made for big moments in the playoffs. Absolutely, got he's got a. This is a man. He, so we got four strikeouts, not huge. Only walked two. Some of the calls that went against him too, it could have were were pretty surprising. He could have easily not walked anybody last night. Five hits, no Ernie's. He's got a, a two point six nine ERA, sub three ERA. This guy has been lights out all season, and he does it in a way that is unique. It's not got the power. He doesn't blow it by you. He outthinks you. He gets you off balance. He's very, he's very cool to watch. That sixty nine mile an hour curveball that he drops is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's like neck to ankles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so he would be my second star as well. So we don't need to keep uh, going down there. So um, Jacob, who's your second? Probably, probably going to be be Vlad for me. But we've already talked about Vlad, so we can we can I'll give Vladdy that second star, and we can we can go to our third star, I guess. Unless, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, this is we're off roading here, so I mean, there's there's a chance there's going to be a guy that I think is going to be left out here, but I don't want him to be. But uh, I just cannot deny this man the third star. He could have gotten any of the stars, really. Giving it to Kirk, giving it to Kirk for him to just come up on this team and all of a sudden be a DH. Mm -hmm. He's a DH. He's never played above a ball. He didn't really play baseball until he got here. There was no minor league season this year. Yeah. And he hits a massive two-run double off Adam Ottavino. Now, if you watch the replay of that, it's a pretty garbage slider that he just left way up over the plate, belt high. doesn't matter. We've owned Ottavino. He yeah, was the no, guy we that have. we demolished that night, too, where we scored that 10-run inning. Oh, I know. <laughs> he got zero outs. Yeah, and he fucked that guy. Livid. Did you see the look on his face? It was almost like he had that look on his face that was just like it wasn't his fault, yeah. or that like the Blue Jays were cheating in some way. It's like well, it's not you don't have to cheat to hit a dumpy belt high spinny slider right over the middle of the plate. Yeah, Yankees have been trash about this that this whole this whole season everything in Buffalo. You had Tanaka the other day being saying that he was having difficulty locating his pitches because of how hard the wind was blowing behind him. Oh, my God. <laughs> All the Blue Jays on Twitter are like, oh, the wind only blows every half inning. <laughs> I know. The wind, was, zeros. the wind was big the other night, but exactly to that point, everyone's dealing with the wind. Yeah. How many games early in the season were the Blue Jays in where it was like whipping rain and they just kept playing through it? Yeah, I I can like concede that you know maybe the wind the wind <laughs> doesn't doesn't uh, hurt Robbie Ray at all. Maybe it does because he's just <laughs> he doesn't know where it's going. He's just chucking it as hard as he can, and if it goes into the strike zone, it goes in. Maybe the wind's gonna help it get it back to the strike zone. Who knows? <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, yeah, he he hit, and it was two outs too. I love that. Yeah. The, the the double came out and two outs, two out RBIs. Nothing nothing feels better than going against the odds, getting bringing in runners with two outs. I love that. Alejandro Kirk, I can't. It's it's hard to believe that this kid is going to, you know, he's going to pl play in the playoffs at twenty one. Came up, he has not played. He's not played double A. He's not played triple A. Starting in the major leagues. <laughs> going straight to the playoffs and he might have a huge impact on this team. I'm glad that they gave him a chance and that they're just trusting the hot hand and putting him in positions where he can continue to, because the, the thing is, is like if, if, you know, if Jansen's got to catch Ryu and then Kirk sits and then he gets out of his rhythm, you know, maybe he doesn't get to see another pitch for a couple of games, mm -hmm. then who knows what happens, but they're like, no, let, let him DH and they're letting him DH in the biggest game of the year. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I I I'm kind of. Oh. Okay. I'm going. I'm going. Dolis. Star yeah, three. Yeah. That's the one I was going to do honorable mention to because. Uh, Rafi. Rafi coming in first time. He's he's been uh, sitting out. He hurt hurt his knee or something. Uh, comes in, saves Bass's ass. Bass 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 was not getting getting it done last night. Went in there, walked three, let up a hit, let up a run. 
Um, Dolis came in, got the got the four out save. He got three strikeouts. I was really close to a grand slam. <laughs> Sanchez hit it through the fence, and Grishik could jump up on the fence. Yeah, I will say that Grichik kind of he he uh, sold that a little bit. I feel I like I don't it think was, he was selling it. I think he was just sort of in between needing to jump and not, and he just had to get it. Yeah, uh, I I got I I had paused the game and I was doing something else for a little bit, and I got a notification that. Grichik had other ideas at the wall of a Gary Sanchez Grand Slam. And then when I actually saw it, I was like, well, I was expecting this big, like, climb up the wall and, like, pull it back. But it was just like, you know, it was at the warning track. He bumped into the wall. It wasn't a spectacular catch by any means, really, to me. I thought it was pretty, pretty routine almost. But uh, Bass, uh, yeah, sorry, Dolice huge he's got a he's got a 1.5 era he just like came out of nowhere basically uh, seemed kind of uh scary at the start of the season and take taking on a, a closer role here at the end of the season when it matters the most when we've when we're ravaged by injuries in our leverage inning relievers three stars uh th- third star goes to to rafael dolis so let's make just some bold bold claims here uh okay. and just shoot some darts into the to the night sky bass hasn't been looking good for a little while now mm-hmm. i think he's got an over eight era in his last seven games so jordan romano still hurt nate pearson nate pearson eighth inning maybe no, no. um let's see it tonight let's see it tonight uh, we got to see Nate Pearson at, at tonight somehow at some point, regardless of what's happening in the game. He needs to pitch. We need to see him pitch. We need to know what he's bringing to the table. Yeah, I don't know what the best situation for him is because if he, they're going to play on Tuesday, I guess he could pitch tonight, and then I guess he could pitch Sunday and then be ready Tuesday. I don't know. I don't I don't know like how easy it is to just change his rhythm, but let's go. I can yeah. just start whipping it. Yeah, are you bringing him in for a clean inning, or are you bringing him in to no, you get out of an innings. inning? No, his first innings got to come in clean. I mean, he pitches out of the stretch regardless. But no, no, no don't do that to the kid, Jesus. I don't like, know. Not in his first appearance. No way. You don't bring him in a dirty inning in Baltimore. Nah, I'd be tempted. Why? <laughs> just I, th- I just think that you know it's it's you know it could go badly, but also if it doesn't. And he gets out of a jam, and he's just letting it eat. What that could do for the confidence of a of a kid like that? It's 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 a massive gamble. I I recognize that, but it kind of excites me the idea of uh, you know bringing him in in the eighth, and there's there's two outs and there's two on, and we need we need to get an out. I mean, he's got the most electric stuff. Let's see what he's got. Evil, evil, evil Jacob Eamon wants to fuck with Nate Pearson after they already fucked with him with his arbitration or with his uh, being called up past his service time. So he wants to keep it going. Are they in Baltimore tonight or are they in Buffalo? We're, we're still in Buffalo. Three games in Buffalo. I do hope that they uh, didn't get too smashed last night and that we see some crazy hangover game with none of the starters playing i mean give some guys some rest sure but you got to think about a my fantasy and we also got to think about still winning some games to try to pass the yankees mm-hmm. yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna guess that there's gonna be a there's gonna be a, like a select couple of of guys sitting tonight and i think you 
you know, you and I might be able to guess one or two guys that that might not be uh, in the lineup tonight. Vladdy. Vladdy. <laughs> well, everybody, we're going to uh, end it here. If you haven't been excited, get excited. Enjoy the last weekend of the regular season. We're going to be back here Monday morning to get y'all ramped up for some playoff baseball. 